Welcome to Hamstrings and Heartstrings, where running is great. Except when it's not. I'm Ellie. And I'm Chris. Is it your pace or mine today, Chris? Mine, Ellie. I got I got some agenda items. I got some things to talk about. Let's do my pace. All right, let's go. All right, first, we got some issues with follow-up from last week. You uh, tried to put me on a spot and tried to get me to name three my top three, not only top three Disney movies, but you lumped in Pixar, too. And you're like, out of all the million movies, Disney and Pixar, pick your top three, buddy. And I, I definitely deferred you like the uh, statesman that I am. But I've been doing some thinking about it. So I want I don't want to leave people with a cliffhanger. Um, so I got a few. I can't do top three. It's just not possible. Um, but I'll give some of my favorites. How about that? That is wonderful. Okay. Okay. Uh, I didn't want to leave anybody out last time. And I probably still will leave somebody out. I mean, there's like 80 years of Disney, right? And there's like 25 years of Pixar. So it's a lot. Um, so, you know, no pressure. Um, but let's start with some of the classics. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, way up there. Love Alice in Wonderland. I like the book, obviously, a lot more. But there's just so much good stuff in there about Alice learning about herself, you know. So I like that. Eat me to become small and drink me to become tall. It's pretty great. Pretty great. Oh, it's the other way around. Drink me to become small. Eat this to become tall. I have a story about Alice in Wonderland. It's really quick. Uh, when I was four, I remember this distinctly. I was having my first like fever that I could remember. And my mom put on Alice in Wonderland. And that was the craziest thing that I've ever seen. And, um, it was very, it just added a, a deeper element to my, um, to my, uh, fever dreams. And, uh, <laughs> it's hard to come back from that. So now everybody knows why I'm a nut job. Yeah. Fever dreams. Yikes. Um, okay. Uh, another classic, uh, lady in the tramp. So I'll do, I'll do my old classics, you know, the original Disney. Mm-hmm. And then there's some from when I was a kid Disney. So we'll do, uh, so Alice in Wonderland, uh, lady in the tramp. Do you like the song lady is a tramp? I, <laughs> is that new? That's a, is that like, is that like Lizzo or something? Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's a real good. There's a real good version done by uh, Amber Riley from the Glee cast. Oh, if you need some like soul. No, I think it's pretty. It's no, it's, I think it's an older song. They do. They just only did covers. But um, yeah, she was just, that's why the lady is a tramp. And I can relate so hard. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I will put that on my uh, listen to list. Um, and then the other classic one I would have to say that I really like is Beauty and the Beast. So those, those would be my three classics that really kind of, uh, yes, we did. Um, we saw that at, uh, did I see the music? Oh, I watched the musical. That's different. I watched like the NBC live musical version. We actually didn't see it in, uh, oh no, I did. I saw it way back in high school. I think I was either a junior or a senior, and I went to Toronto and I saw it. That's right. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I really like the Emma Watson version. That's good. It's on Netflix. You're giving me lots of homework. Okay. 
Um, all right. And then new, new breed. Um, I would have to say, well, new, they're only 30 years old. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, I'm an old man, you know? No, it's good. So I would have to say that those would be, um, Aladdin and Little Mermaid and Lion King. Solid choices. All have, they all have sequels. Do you like the sequels? I don't think I like any of the sequels. And I also, I do, uh, you know, tip of the hat to uh, Frozen because I do, I do like Frozen. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. I like there, there, there you go. There's the follow up. None of those were Pixar. No, I just did Disney. Just Disney. Don't get me into Pixar right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Another day. Well, those are good. Another day. I'm glad you like Frozen. I mean, because like I have to consciously like not listen to the music too much because it was I wanted to like the movie and I did like the movie and I was like I can't like I can't let any all these little girls ruin this for me. I think a lot of the Disney movies that I picked um, that I like have a large music component to them. I mean, Beauty and the Beast is is just all about I think Alice in Wonderland might be one of the few that I still like despite that it doesn't have a very memorable music soundtrack. But Lady and the Tramp, come on, right? I mean, whew, tale as old as time, you know? Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. All right. So um that's our follow up. Uh how's your running going, miss? It's going really well, actually. Um, yeah, this past week I had a solid week, and uh, I had a little bit of fun yesterday. Uh, this guy, he's a local photographer. His name's Kyle Reynolds. He's an ultra runner, too. He's done World's End, a couple of others. Um, he reached out to me a couple months ago uh, about building his portfolio. He does a lot of nature, and he's, he talked to Ian about filming races, too, Um and he just reached out to me and to see if me and my two teammates wanted to ever have him come and like photograph our workouts and stuff as long as he could use them in his portfolio. Um, and then, well, when he reached out to me the first time we were all like recovering from the trials and then sort of COVID hit and we, oh, it fell under the rug for like about two months. Uh, we recently, he, we recently reconnected and, um, on Saturday he, uh, came to my workout and uh, took some pictures. And so, uh, and I actually just got them today. He uh, just shared them in a Dropbox folder and they looked, and it was, poor, it was raining and foggy, but I mean, they're pretty good. Like uh, I'm, uh, I'm happy that uh, we're working together. So it's just, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. So huh. I don't have to take my own photos. So the media darling has her own photographer now. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, man, Ellie, you are just to the moon, skyrocketing, leaving this earth. I'm just going to enjoy it right now and take it in stride because, you know. In I just, stride. I see what you did there. Take it in yeah, stride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the best part about that workout was I actually hit the paces that I wanted to hit. So, I mean... It's nice that he was there, but like whatever. I mean, I <laughs> well, I'm glad that I got the I did the workout, and actually, I had the best the best post workout feeling too because 
I was tired, but I wasn't completely gassed, which is great. That's what I want because I don't want to go to the well right now. Ooh, yeah. That's where I went uh, today. Boy, did I. I went, I wouldn't say I went to the, uh, the um, pain cave, if you will. No, this is more the, uh, this is more the, the well of cardiovascular souls. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, uh, so this, all this running out the door in my very flat suburban town for five to seven miles uh, does not help my hill legs at all. Let me tell you that. Um, so my legs got a little bit tired and then my lungs followed right behind it, but I was smiling the whole time. So that's pretty great. Did you make it up the demoralizer? I did. Okay. So yeah, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Um, anyways, so, um, I've been running more, more, more. Um, and today, uh, I did the muddy sneaker course. And for those that don't know the muddy sneaker course, it is in high tour. Um, it is a 20 K course. Um, and the end of it. So it's, it's one of these unique courses in that it runs on the, the finger lakes trail, but it uses the finger lakes trail to go across these various climbs. And you got, um, a one mile climb, a 1.7 mile climb. And each of those have corresponding downhills. And then you have a mile downhill, you cross a stream, and then you have a mile and a half uphill. And you do, I would say, probably just under a thousand feet in that mile and a half. And the first, you know, the first uh, half a mile is almost straight up. You know, like some people that, you know, if you don't get forward, you kind of can tip and slide backwards a little bit, that kind of climbing. Um, but the whole course is quite runnable. Um, there's not like, it's not like, you know, breakneck with boulders and stuff. It's all very runnable. A lot of double track, um, logging roads, single track. So you can get pretty, you can get pretty gassed by just running it. And then after that, you have the demoralizer to get up to the top. And, uh, while I did make it to the top of the demoralizer, I can't say that I was in full running the whole demoralizer kind of shape. Um, but it was really fun. Is that even possible? I don't know. Um, there are people that have, I mean, the, the very beginning is hard to run it. I mean, you just get up it quickly, but then once you hit that first plateau, you can run it, you know, I mean, you gotta be in, you gotta be in tip top shape and you gotta have the lungs really. It's not so much the legs, the legs, you just have to have made it to mile 11 with legs. You know, it's not like. It's not like it's going to blow you out there, but, um, you need cardio, you know, you're running uphill the whole time. What's the total elevation in sneaker? Uh, if I were to guess 25, uh, or 3000, let me see. Oh, you, you beat me. I was at 1,119 today. Yeah. Mine says 2405. Whoa. So, so it was good though. It was uh it was butt kickingly good. It got real warm out near the end. Real warm. It yeah, was nice. it was it was uh I probably didn't need a tea today. I probably could have gone sports bra squad, but you know, 
trying to keep it PC for the kids. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it was nice and uh, breezy and a little bit of wind when we started, but it got toasty near the end. But anyways, so yeah, total for the week is uh, just under twenty seven. Stepping up smartly from the twenty three last week. Don't want to go too much mm-hmm. too soon. Um, so now I think this week though, because it's been three weeks of going up, I think I'll like come back down to like 22 ish this week and start back over again. That's really smart actually. And I want to thank you for like keeping that in my, my, my mind space because I've really been following a schedule for like four weeks and, um, in the beginning, probably in old versions of Ellie would have wanted to start with my like weekend tempo run at like six miles already. But I decided instead to not do that this time. And just like I started with, I think three or four and then each week I'll move up like a mile or so. So now like yesterday I did seven total Um, and I think that moving up slowly and being smart about it, which is exactly what you've been doing and have encouraged, like encouraging me to do, I think that's why yesterday's workout went pretty good is because I haven't tried to like do something I'm not ready for. And also I, I've been trying to be just smart in my regular life, like you are, (laughs) and just do things that help, help out my training and not do anything dumb. Well, it, you know, that's nice to hear. So thanks. Um, it, there's a balance uh, because you come too close my way. <laughs> yeah, we got, I got to come a little closer to you, work a little bit harder. And, you know, I, I, today's workout was a real workout because <laughs> it was a workout. Um, yeah. today, today's run was a good, um, it was a stretch. Um, and could I say like, oh yeah, I'm really ready for this. I should go do it. No, no, but it was fun. And it was a challenge that, um, now I have a place where I'm like, okay, I've run this money sneaker course like eight times. I know all my times on it. I know where this one fell in that, you know, range. And now I, I sort of have a benchmark of where I am versus where I'd like to be. And, yeah, I'm going to go slowly, though. And what do I got to hurry up for? There's nothing to hurry up for, right? That's <laughs> so, exactly how I feel. So, yeah, take her easy and uh, just cruise on and, and build on up, you know? Because it's, it's really easy to go, oh, I'm at 27. I totally could hit 30 next week. That's not hard. Um, But this one was a little bit, you know, uh, much. And tomorrow will be a Memorial Day and a holiday, and it's going to be super hot out. And so we're just going to do some yard work, some housework, and hang out with the kids tomorrow. I'm, I'm, if I run, I'll probably run like, you know, 30 minutes, little kind of shakeout recovery type stuff in the morning, and that's it, you know, like, yippee. Yeah, that's uh, what's on my agenda for tomorrow too because I forget that I've been going back to work semi full time more than I'm used to. And I forget that my job has helped me become a good runner because it is very endurance trained. It's like endurance. And I need to remember that like it all stress is stress 
And so um, I just definitely need to prioritize rest and prioritize, you know, just being okay with what my body can do. And I feel in a very good headspace for that right now. And at other points, I'm not in a great headspace for that. I feel like I might be falling behind or wish that I could do something that my teammates can do or that I see or maybe think that I should be able to, which I hate the word should. Um, and But I feel right now, at least I'm in a good headspace where I'm enjoying the training. I w- I'm trying to take it in stride. If I need to take extra rest, I'll take extra rest. And uh, Memorial Day will probably be busy tomorrow. So... Just, I mean, yeah, take it, take it easy. That's good. Just a nice slow build. Cause I find if you build it nice and slow, it's a little bit more stable, you know? Mm-hmm. Gotta have my stable foundation. <laughs> so I want to ask you something actually. Oh boy, um, here it comes. You know, when we get one so of these. Eric Egan, uh, and I have sort of gone back and forth on Twitter on this just a little bit. Like I, I think his opinions are right and he understands my opinions, um, about races resuming and, um, not if we think they should or not, that's not like our decision, but when they do come back, did you read the re- a recent article, Jason coach, Jason Coop put out about how races will come back and what, ha- what the changes will be like in a broad sense, not like a specific race. So tell me about Coop's article, because I have not read that one. Sure. So he talked about crewless, paperless, very limited aid. Yep. Um, Yeah, like uh, either no packet pickup or you sign up for a time, you come, you leave, you leave right after the race. You like, there's no real award ceremony and stuff. And, um... Uh, Eric was talking about how it's kind of getting back to how it started and or how um, smaller local races do it already. And um, which I agree. I mean, that's how it's going to come back, whether we like it or not, which we could talk about how that will affect whether we race as much as we did. Um, Because for me, a lot of the racing is just community and stuff. And that's what I like. And if I can't do that, then like that sucks. but then also just like, uh, do you think that, because part of what brings people into our sport, yeah, maybe it might be something crazy like Barkley, which is what Eric mentioned. But I mean, especially coming from like, I have a lot of friends that are elite marathon runners and they don't really see Barkley as much as they see like Jim Wamsley running really fast or like Zach Bitter running really fast and things like that. And Arguably, I don't know if those performances would have happened if there wasn't crew pacing, stuff like that, like the Hoka 1-1 project. I mean, that was like strategically. And I mean, so do you think that like we would have seen some of the performances that we've seen so far, like at Western States last year or, you know, without crew and pacers? Um, and is that, that's that's not a problem. I'm just wondering like what you think about it. So, I mean, we see some of this, right. When we see an unsupported FKT, right now we see, um, a lot of the trail films we see are supported FKTs cause they're bigger, longer endeavors. Right. Um, I think of movies like, uh, Nikki Kimball's finding traction, right. 
Um, she definitely would not have done that without her crew, without the Pacers. Um, but it's still, that's a small group of people, right? That's an individual sort of individual effort. Um, and I think some of the bigger, so, uh, you think of like the Wonderland trail, right? When Chrissy Mail went out and did that or, um, when, uh, Yassine and, uh, Gary Robbins did it right there. That's a small group of people. Those are still crazy performances. Um, now Western States is somebody going to run a hundred miles, um, between Squaw and Auburn, uh, without crew and without aid stations, probably not right. Without the, um, giant bathtubs full of ice water and sponges, you know, probably not. At least not as fast as what's happened. And I think that since those fast performances have happened, like it or not, we're always going to judge the future ones by those. Yeah, but you can also say that a lot of these big, fast performances might not be happening without the money in the sport, without the sponsorships, right? Because athletes can't afford to be full-time training um, buying, you know, uh, 12 to 15 to 20 pairs of $160 shoes. Um, that like you can, you can say a lot of the things that came into the sport, um, have, uh, helped drop the times uh, or increase the performance. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that, Somebody has to put on shoes and move their feet from this place to that place in this amount of time. You know, if somebody wins Western States in 18 hours next year because they don't have crew, they still ran the race faster than the other 364 people in the race. That's true. I mean, I just was thinking that, like, I mean, the reason there isn't tons of money in our sport is because, like, it's not watched as much and it's not as popular as, like, the NBA. And how do you, and I just think that, in my view, amazing performances help get people that wouldn't see the sport to see the sport, regardless of what shoes are on their feet. Mm -hmm. Sure. So it was just a dialogue Eric and I have just been talking about. And so I was just, like, wondering what you were, what you thought about it. Right. And so if you think of some of these smaller races, if you think of the many and the Jennies and the Cayuga trails and the bear mountains and the breaknecks, there's amazing performances in those races. Do they make it to the national stage? Maybe some one out of, you know, 20 of them do when somebody shows up and sort of blows the doors off, but they increase the regional, um, reach, right. Seeing, uh, and podcasts, right? And YouTube videos and really great photographers increase the regional reach of those regional races. Sure, I don't expect somebody from Arizona to be like, whoa, did you see Breakneck? That that uh, Natalie Thompson, look at her on that rock face hanging over the edge. And, you know, that guy Ron Hirkins takes a great photo. I'm going to that race. I don't know that that's going to do that, but when you see them in your area and you know about them and you know people that do them or you hear of a friend that's running a crazy 100 miles next month, the the sport, we still have all of those tools um, at our disposal for the smaller races. 
and we still have them at our disposal for FKTs. Strava's still there. YouTube's still there. You know, um, Instagram and podcasts are all still there. And I mean, it's like Eric also said, like, I mean, trail running started as like a grassroots kind of thing with people eating maple syrup or nothing. And I mean, and there's nothing wrong if we go back there, like really. Um, I mean, but I also think that with getting things more commercial and with um, faster times and more people involved, um, it's done wonderful things for our sport. I mean, to like it or not, I mean, it's uh, to me, to be completely honest, I like, I like a supported FKT is more attractive to me as a watcher not to do, but because the people that go with them document the story too. And so it's like, I, I feel a lot more connected because the story is shared, which I mean, you can do it alone, but there's more reach and you'll know more. And like people will be able to benefit from your story. If more people tell it rather than like, yeah, here's my Strava file, and I just ran this. Cool. I agree, and that's why I think, like, FKTs are still there. You can still get your friends together that um, you can go out and do one of those things. You can still document it. You get four or five crew people. That, I think, where the limiting, as you mentioned in Coop's article, is, for instance, Twisted Branch, 175 entries. Over 100 volunteers, that's 275 people. Add a pacer or two for every one of those runners. Now you're at 450 people. And then add all the crew, if that's two, or even just supporters or people that come and look. Now you're adding two or three or four persons per runner. You can easily get up to 1,000 people, you know, and that's where I think you might see that change a little bit. It's not that you won't see people. You're just possibly going to see less of them, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, and there's always those stories about like coming into an aid station and you might not have finished the race if that volunteer didn't just like say, no, you can do it. I believe in you. Here's some Gatorade keep going. And there's something to be said about that. Like you're not a pansy or a wimp for needing some inspirational, like for needing that. And I think that sometimes like people, I mean, even Eric sometimes can be like a hard ass, like, well, it's, you know, grassroots and stuff. And I respect him so much. I really do. But I think that like, I'm a very emotional person. People are very emotional beings. So, I mean, I don't know, like, I know small events are going to come back first and all that, but I don't know. It might take a little bit of a glimmer out of trail races for me. Well, trail races are small events. And for a lot of people. I mean, trail races are not, they're not inherently big events, right? And if you look at something like Barkley, you can say that movie on Netflix helped Barkley become famous. Now, trail runners knew about Barkley before that. But now everybody on Netflix gets to see it. I hear technology podcasters that I've listened to, they've never run a step. And they talk about the beauty of that movie and learning about this type of person that they didn't know existed and how these people do this amazing inhuman thing that they've never, that they didn't even know about. It was completely foreign to them. So it helped our sport get exposure to them. They're not traveling down to Frozen Head State Park to watch Barkley. 
But now Barclay's full on with people. Every damn Barclay is fully documented. You can't see a shot at Barclay without seeing six or seven other GoPros or cameras in the shot. And this is supposed to be the most baddest ass remotest race ever. And so is it good? Yes. Might this dialing back a little bit help it become a little bit more of why people originally fell in love with it? Maybe. Uh And now the people that were exposed to it and are in love with it, maybe there is going to be a little bit more stewardship. Maybe there is going to be a little bit more realizing just how special it is. You know, um, I, I've run New York city marathon. It was 45,000 people the year I ran it. It was humongous, not to mention all of the volunteers at that, all of the um, people that came out on the street. That's got to be a 200,000 person event, right? Major. I've also ran a race with eight participants and two race directors, and that was it, you know? So, like, I think it can take all kinds, and I think what what's going to be most shocking to me and us is not necessarily a new trail race that shows up and this is how we're doing things, but a trail race or an event that you've been to different and now it's different than it was all of the previous years. I think that's what's going to be really strange, right? Uh-huh. It's going to be like, huh, this, it always used to be these people at this aid station and now it's just one person. Or, you know, like things like that, giving hugs at finish lines and hanging out and like, you know, all of that stuff to me is what's going to be weird. I don't know that the amount of people will be the strangest thing to me or the support or not the support. I think it's going to be the way that we interact with each other. The hugs, the pats on the backs, the, hey, try this beer, you know, have a sip, you know, none of that's going to be around like immediately. And I think to me, that's going to be the most shocking piece rather than, oh, this race is only 30% the size is what it used to be. Yeah, you're right. It'll be uh, interesting to see. And I'll uh, look forward to watching what you guys do at Twisted Branch. <laughs> That'll be uh, interesting to see. I'm still, I don't know what Ian's doing for Cuba. So well, that'll be the first one, I guess. I don't know. I mean, and also, like, I realize that other sections of the company or the country are already like allowing like fifty person get-togethers, and so you know, just another game of wait and see. But it's nice to to talk about. Are you ready to transition? <laughs> what kind of transition? Wow, that's called a hard transition. All right, here we go. Food, huh? Let's talk about food, Ellie. Give it to me. All right, I will start because this is a fine. So on Thursday, I was doing my grocery shopping at Aldi's, and I impulse buyed this buffalo cauliflower dip. And it sounded weird, but I was like, I like buffalo sauce stuff. I like cauliflower, you know. And so I bought it, and I had it today, and oh, my God, I wish I bought more than two. It is really, really good. Like I ate the whole thing today and not like, oh, it's so good. It's like buffalo and blue cheesy and like, oh, it's great. So 
Uh, 10 out of 10 recommend the Aldi's Buffalo Cauliflower Dip. So is it, it's dip like cauliflower is made into a consistency of dip, like it's pureed cauliflower? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But it doesn't seem like it. Cauliflower is a wonder vegetable. It can be mashed potatoes. It can be pancakes. It can be cauliflower. Oh God, don't say that. Yeah, it can. You can have mashed potato. You can have cauliflower pancakes. You can have cauliflower waffles. Oh, well, I'll let you uh, let you experiment with that one. Well, we there's already cauliflower mashed potatoes. There's already cauliflower rice and cauliflower pizza crust that are all sort of in the in the uh, general population. And yeah, you can you know make waffles. You can make pancakes, and now apparently you can make buffalo dip. Yep. Well, uh, I don't know about those other. Uh, Science foods, but uh, the cauliflower <laughs> buffalo dip was great, and uh, ten out of ten. Not too spicy for my, you know, little baby palate, but it was very good. So that's my recommendation. What I find interesting about that story is you impulse bought it, but you bought two of them. Yeah, I know. So that's even weirder because then I'm like, well, if I really like it, I want a second one. And then if I don't like it, I'm like, oh, I'll give it away. You only got one left if you don't like it. Nice. Yeah. I got nothing in the world of food today. Uh, I did nothing interesting eating. Interesting or innovative. I merely made it through the week. Uh, it was not a grocery uh, shopping coup. There was nothing. Nope. Just ate things. Lived off, you know, Dr. Prager's. The land. Yeah, um, but, but because I went down to High Tour, that means I have to drive through uh, past Bristol, and that means I got to stop at Other Half Brewing on the way back from my uh, muddy sneaker run. So I purchased some uh, Mosaic Dream, which is fantabulous. So. I got that. I got my liquid food today. Yeah, those liquid calories, they come in handy. Energy <laughs> that goes down so quick is great. Yeah. So all in all, um, sounds like, you know, it was a good, um, it's been a good four days <laughs> since we last talked. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm excited uh, to have... I guess the one thing, you know what else it does? I guess what I would say is running uh, feels normal again. Like that's kind of neat, you know, like mm-hmm. for for a while it wasn't normal and I was doing a lot of shoulds, as you said, and now I'm doing, mm-hmm. uh, now instead I'm doing wannas. So that's, that's cool. awesome. That mental switch is great. It it's, is. You know, you got to go through the, ugh, for a little while. And sometimes it's a long while, and then it'll come back. Yeah. And you just got to let it. Yep. Uh, And this heat is going to be something. I'll tell you what. So excited. Um, I was like, I'm not going to do it, but I was like, tomorrow's Memorial Day. I should do my run in my red, white, and blue Olympic trial singlet. (laughs) Oh, there you go. But I don't want to. No. No, that's that was like a one and done. Uh-huh. I should get that frame. I ran I ran today, you know, special course, special shoes. So I ran in my fancy fresh uh Merrill dogfish head 
shoes. So. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. I was going to say, aren't you running the Nike Vaporfly? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 4% <laughs> right up that hill. Let me tell you. Yeah. Boing, boing, boing. Oh, no. These, uh, I really, I'm going to go get another pair of these. Um, they're Merrill Agility Synthesis X. What a great name. Let me tell you. Um, I don't know what's going on with shoe names these days. Um, but anyways, they're, they're really nice. I like them quite a bit. Um, so I'm going to buy a pair that are not, um, dogfish head and just get a regular old legit pair so I can go running in those. The dogfish head shoes are reserved special, special events, you know, so they don't get blown out too quick. Although run something like money sneaker a few times, they'll get blown out anyway. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. All right. All right, Chris. Well, we think we might put a bow on this one. Wrap her up. So you can find Chris at Running Inside Out on Instagram. You can find Hamstrings and Heartstrings at Hamstrings and Heartstrings on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at Gazelle on Instagram and Twitter. And check out the Trails Collective because our website is launching this week. And it looks so good. I'm so glad that I was very patient with Ian to like make sure everything looks great because it looks so good and I'm so excited. So check it out. The trust like Are we done? All right. We're done. All right. Deuces. Euphoria.